When you eat meat, you ingest an animal's fear. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections each week. We're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks. For the 117th time, I'm joined by... The Fear Collector, Brendan Fitzpatrick. Ooh, the Fear Collector. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to read my alternates that I had, because I had a couple See, of wait, there I, were There I, were a few just from that dinner scene that you could have Yeah, lots of yeah. quote-unquotables in this. Quote-unquotables. Uh, so, of course, I had Life is a Very Long Time uh, mm-hmm. by T.S. Eliot, because you have to say his name after. Of course. I, I had Oh, Forsook You and the Horse You Rode In On. I thought that yes. was pretty good. And then I also had Too Bad There's Not a Job Where They Pay You to Sit Around Watching TV. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> You mean podcasting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if only that was a job. Uh, if only, well, we don't get paid for this, so, you know. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> not uh, yet. Uh, yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash movie ladder. Just no, kidding. That doesn't exist yet. Someday. Doesn't exist. Someday. Uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. Uh, last week, we talked about the hours. We had Megan the Librarian mm-hmm. on to talk about a movie where a woman becomes a librarian in Canada. And this week, due to a uh, cast, mostly cast connection, yep. uh, although there's other connections too, uh, we'll be discussing August, Osage County, nominated for two Academy, well, at least nominated for Best Actress. Two, two Academy Awards, yes. um, no wins. No wins. Yep. For, for Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts, the two leads yep. in this movie. Um, then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our movie next week based on suggestions from the listeners and us, your hosts, Brenda did inform me. We have uh, feedback from all of the regular listeners this week. So yeah, very good to have the whole band back together. Although, if you're not in that regular group, you're always welcome to send in feedback. The movie ladder at gmail.com or ladder movie on Twitter. So, uh, we will be spoiling August Osage County. And believe it or not, there is like some stuff to spoil in that. So, if there you haven't so watched fun. it, uh, we'll put a timestamp so you can jump ahead to see what we're going to be picking and watching for next week. That's in the description, that timestamp. Uh, or you can pause this podcast. Go mm-hmm. watch August Dosage County. It is, I think I probably tweeted that it was on HBO Max. Um, it did say it was on Netflix. but Yeah, um, okay. Well, it is on Netflix. Um, yeah. I thought last week when we picked this, we had said HBO Max. We definitely said Netflix on the podcast. You okay. might have said HBO Max later, but um, yeah. you definitely said Netflix on the podcast. Oh, okay. Because I was like, did it switch from HBO Max mm-hmm. to Netflix in the last week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a... Uh, yeah, I guess I I, I'm just confusing we, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just confusing it with all of the movies that we uh, have that watched we on HBO Max. On HBO yeah. Max lately. Yep. Yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah. Um, nope, this one's on Netflix. Uh, yep. And then, uh, as always, uh, you can submit your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, movieladdergmail.com, and follow us on Letterboxd, the movie ladder. So, um, Brendan, how's, yeah. how's it going? Did you enjoy the Oscars? Uh, things are good. I did really enjoy the Oscars. I went over to our friends, Jacob and Adrian's, and had a nice charcuterie board and some wine, and then things kind of got spicy in the last hour there, didn't they? Um, in person or at, at, uh, at the Oscars? At the Oscars, at the Oscars. Although the the dogs were just as wild uh, over at Jacob and Adrian's as the uh, action on the 
on the on the Oscar stage. Um, yes. Unpredictable. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really going to dive too deep into my Oscars takes. Um, I think, you know, everybody that won deserved to win. Um, that notwithstanding, uh, let's just say that two wrongs don't make a right. Like two things can be exclusively true at the same time. Chris Rocket shouldn't have made the joke he made and Will Smith definitely shouldn't have jumped on stage and slapped someone. And that's it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing know. I really like <laughs> that's I have the, the most I, I have a very vanilla take and it's that the whole thing is super unfortunate. Yeah, and exactly. It mars like Will Smith's career. This is always yeah. going to be something that's said about Will Smith for his whole career that he jumped on stage and punched uh, Oscar's host or an Oscar's well, presenter. Snapped, but yeah, <laughs> it struck struck much like Juwan Howard did. Uh, and Juwan <laughs> Howard only faced like three weeks of suspension for. Well, for it's it's thing. made super awkward by the fact that, you know, 10 minutes later, he's on stage accepting the best actor Oscar. Yes, exactly. So that sort of makes the whole thing really uncomfortable. Well, not so. even 10 minutes later that he's accepting, but for the half mm-hmm. hour, because it was about a half hour in between, yeah. everybody knew that he was going to win best actor. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, like I was sitting there watching it. And I was just super distracted because I was like, well, he's about to win an Oscar. Yeah. And if he and doesn't, so that's a huge deal. And if he does, that's a huge deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it just mars the whole thing. It took, I mean, like Questlove won an award right after. And it, like, I wasn't even paying attention to that. Like it just, it just right. like, it's yeah, really it unfortunate for all of the other people who worked really hard this year. Yeah. Uh, because he couldn't control his temper. And, like, one of my friends brought up a good, really good point there. Like, it's not like, you know, Chris Rock said it to him and he, in two seconds, leaned back and slugged him. Like, he had, like, a solid minute from when the yeah. joke was said to, like, walking up there when he could have turned around or, yeah. like, somebody could have said something. Yeah. Well, like, he could have a lot of people thought it was adult. a bit. Um, right. Until yeah. he started yelling when he got back to his seat. Like, a lot of people thought it was a bit. Until he started, you know, shouting the F word at Chris Rock from his seat. That's how I knew it wasn't. So, yeah. uh, that's how I knew it was real. Because uh, Will Smith don't got to cuss in his raps to sell records. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a wise man once said that. So when he's swearing, you're like, oh, okay, no, this is real. This is real. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole thing just very unfortunate. And I, I really liked Will Smith's performance in King Richard. I think, yeah. he, you know, I'm glad he won He won the Oscar. And it's like the greatest night of his career was ruined by just uh, a terrible choice by him. Yeah. Chris Rock, I mean, he's whatever i'm not gonna he's a comedian this is that was the lamest joke of like the night and this is like this is is what you get at the oscars is you get roasts and like i'm sorry he's a comedian like and maybe i'm an idiot but i didn't even think at first that the joke was about her hair i thought it was about the massive green army (laughs) color green dress that jada pickett smith was wearing that looked like she was wearing like a giant like parachute seat yeah, it was huge. It was, hey, it, it was huge. Easy, easy. Will so, Smith is going to come beat you. <laughs> Will Smith uh, is going to come beat me up. So I'm such an idiot. I thought it was about the green dress. Yeah. And well, the funniest about, part is that yeah. you texted me right after that, like five yeah. minutes after that. And you're like, oh, well, I guess this is how they're going to get more people to watch the Oscars. And I was like, what, having fights at the Oscars? And you said, no, honoring the Godfather. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, Brendan, <laughs> nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that at all. No, what yeah. I said was, oh, Sean Fennessy got the right. thing that he begged for, yes. which was a bit, but nobody cared. And like, and I also felt really bad for Questlove because Summer of Soul was a fantastic documentary and nobody was paying attention to his speech. Like it took all of the air out of the room for his acceptance speech for Best Doc which was well-deserved and, you know, many months in the making of the build-up to that win for him, and just nobody cared. Yeah, no, it's, uh, so, yeah. yeah it's the whole thing's unfortunate. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, 
I, what I love about the Oscars, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily the award. And like I watch the ceremony and whatever. Like the awards don't. I don't. I don't care that much who wins. I mean, right. it's they don't usually get it right. They didn't get it right this year. That's fine. Whatever. Um, but I do like it because it gives me like a reason to have a watch list of like ten to fifteen movies over a couple months that I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to watch all the Best Picture nominees, and I need to watch, uh, you know, want to watch all these ones that were up for asking, acting awards. And so it's very hard for me actually this week to pick. Well. I will say it was very hard for me to pick what my what the best thing I watched this week is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then one of the last movies I watched before the Oscars is not only the best movie I watched this week, Uh-oh. it's the best movie I've watched this year. And uh... it is my new number one movie of 2021. Uh, and that is the worst person in the world. And Ooh. I loved it. I had heard great things about it. And I you can only see it in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh it is a story about, you know, a couple of years in, in the life of this woman and her relationships. Um, it is a Norwegian film, so it takes place mostly like in and outside of Oslo. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's subtitled. But, you know, I was so into this movie. Honestly, like I I like did not even realize I was reading subtitles. Um, and it's just one of those movies. It's it's, you know, one of those kind of like the big sick where there's really high highs, really funny right. moments, but really, really dramatic and, and uh, tragic moments as well in it. And about a half hour into this, there's a scene where they're at a cabin and there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of kids running around the cabin, her and her boyfriend. And I was just like, oh, this is like really connecting with me. And the movie just never let up from there in terms of just keeping that momentum and keeping me in, engaged with the movie and excited and feeling connected to it. Uh, feeling yeah. like it's a story that I haven't seen represented, a type of person I haven't seen represented before. Um, and I, yeah, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. I know uh, Megan the Librarian, I, I've talked to her a little bit about it. She's mm-hmm. a little more mixed. And, you know, her feedback is really like, this is a movie about a woman that's written by a man and really feels like that. Um, okay. I can't, you know, I can't speak to that experience. What I can speak to is that uh, as a man who was <laughs> watching a movie about a woman, it very well with me. So uh, well, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to watch it and um, break the tie between the two of you as to, uh, who I agree with. Um, yeah. But yeah, I believe it was also uh, Akiva's number one movie of the year um, yeah, on so. 32 fans. Um, yeah. I, I keep saying like every week, I keep saying I'm going to watch it and I just haven't gone to the theater and I know you can rent it now, but now I'm at the point where I'm sort of waiting for it to become either less expensive to rent or actually streaming. Right. And that but, was why I went to the theater because yeah. it was like six bucks to rent it or it was 11 bucks to go see in the theater. Yeah. Might as well go see it. So might as well, yeah. Go, you know, I awesome. feel fine going to the theater. So uh, it's just, it, it's a great feeling when you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, this is it. Like you know, like you just know the movie that you're watching is gonna be your, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gonna be the high the high movie yeah. on one of your lists, or you know, it's gonna be gonna be a five star. Or you're like, this is just a movie that's really connecting with me. And I felt that midway through. Um, and I feel like the people who were in the theater actually added to that experience, too, because yeah. there were a lot of reactions, like the really funny things or the reveals and the surprises. Nice. You know, people in the theater were reacting, whereas if I was watching this at home, it might have been a different experience. Right. So um, I'm really glad that I went to the theater and uh, awesome. worst person in the world. Yep, I uh, I recommend it. Well, you really you really hyped it up for me. Um, yeah, hopefully not too uh, much, because that's yeah, what I'm going to drive my car and it didn't quite. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, it's um I'm excited to see it eventually. Um the best thing I watched this week was something I didn't plan on watching this weekend and ended up throwing on Saturday afternoon. Um when I woke up Saturday morning and found out the about the death of Foo Fighters drummer uh Taylor Hawkins. Um uh, mm-hmm. very untimely, very sad. 
Really? Um, it's not so tragic. I've been a lifelong Foo Fighters fan since they formed back in the mid-90s. I think you have as well. Um, I have never had the chance to see them live. The one time I was supposed to, um, something else happened, and it was the July 4th concert in 2015 in D.C., like their their homecoming concert, and I was supposed, at RFK. I was supposed to go, and then something happened, uh, a family thing, and like an hour before the concert, I had to bail and give my tickets to you. I think I gave my ticket to your brother. Oh, I, can't I totally remember forgot that that happened. You're right. Yeah. I yeah. had to give my ticket to somebody. I think it might have been your brother. Um, but I gave my ticket up and didn't get to go and have never seen them since. And now it seems like odds are maybe I won't get to. I mean, I know they've no, suspended. You, I, I think you, you know, they've suspended all concerts indefinitely after this tragedy. But um, so what I did back to my best thing I watched, um, I turned on um, right around five o'clock because I was like going to wait a little bit just because it was um, I wanted it to be like evening when I started it so that I wouldn't feel completely guilty about just sitting there and drinking. So I cracked a beer and put on the Foo Fighters live at Madison Square Garden, June 20th, 2021 concert on YouTube, mm. all three hours and all perfectly filmed from the Madison Square Garden um, cameras and just sat back and let it take me away. And it was incredibly moving. Um, Taylor Hawkins even gets up and sings a song at one point. Uh, he sings uh, Somebody to Love by Queen. And it was just fantastic. Um, there's one really weird moment where Dave Chappelle comes out and sings Creep by Radiohead. Mm -hmm. That was kind of fun. But um, yeah, I do remember. Just, I remember when that happened, actually. Yeah. Because um, that that clip made the you know, that was getting it made a big of, deal because it was yeah, like viral. the big um, quote unquote, the pandemic is over. Come back mm -hmm. concert for Madison That's Square right. Garden reopening. Yep. And then everything shut down again like a month later. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved it. Um, I love the Foo Fighters. I'm really sad about the death of Taylor Hawkins. And that was the best thing I watched this weekend. Um, as far as actual movies go, I will shout out real quick. Um, we're going to be talking about her this week, Margot Martindale. I watched uh, the 2019 film Blow the Man Down um, on streaming for free on Amazon. Highly recommend people check that out. Um, Maybe we'll yeah. watch that next week. Maybe we'll watch that next week. Um, maybe we will. I know it's. I think it might come up for somebody, if not you. Yep. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind watching it again if it does end up being our pick for next week. But that's the best actual movie I watched. Really yeah. Good. Um, I did, I actually ended up watching a ton of movies this weekend. Yeah. All things that were nominated for the most part, except like mm -hmm. one or two. Um, but like I, I thought most of the stuff I watched that was nominated for Oscars. I mean, surprisingly, was very good. Um, yeah. I watched Belfast, King Richard. Uh, being the Ricardos, which I like being the Ricardos a lot more than I was expecting. People had uh, done the opposite of hype that up for me. I was expecting it to be terrible, and I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, same with Belfast and King Richard. I like both of those. Um, I went back and filled an Oscar blind spot, which was like the only Best Picture winner I had not seen since like the early 1990s, okay. and that was Green Book, which nice. uh, that that was exactly as it was hyped. <laughs> um, and very basic. Uh, and then I watched another interesting movie that would have been a, you know, and I don't want to shout out all of these movies, but I do just want to say right. like this movie together, which I've suggested a few times. Yeah. Uh, it is on Hulu. It's a pretty short movie. It's a pandemic movie. Uh, would have been a great connection off of a lot of the movies that we've done lately yeah. because it's just a, a movie about a, a married couple and their kid that are locked at home during COVID. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the ideas in together were interesting. My problem with it is like the narrative structure is just like 
just very distracting. Um, there's right. kind of a reason for it that I could figure out, but it, I, I didn't like that. But um, James McAvoy and uh, Sharon Horgan, yeah. who, uh, if you've seen Catastrophe, she's one of the leads of Catastrophe on okay. Amazon. Um, that was pretty good. So right on. Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. I also watched the original Dawn of the Dead, and that was sweet. That was like so. That yeah. was so interesting, and like such an interesting commentary on society and consumerism. And it's mm-hmm. impossible to find Dawn of the Dead though, like anywhere. Yeah, the original but, Dawn of the Dead, as well as the remake, um, both are both I enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I do kind of want to watch a remake, even though it's Zack Snyder. So yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that was a long preamble. Now we're gonna get into August Osage County. Uh, yeah. So this is a uh, misery loves family is the tagline for this. This is about yeah. a family that comes together after. The father in the family disappears and ultimately kills himself. Uh, and uh, they just, just about the the drama and intensity between this family. It's based mm-hmm. on a play by Tracy Letts, um, yep. who I know mostly as the father from uh, Lady Bird. Um, yep. He's an actor as well, but he has written some he has written some many movies plays. and some plays. Yeah, M- many plays. Is that many plays. He's a playwright. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I love him in Lady Bird. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually just watched him in Deepwater, which didn't come up on my uh, movies, <laughs> my best things I watched this week. But, um, yeah, he he's actually very fun in Deepwater, despite that movie. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Hopefully we're not watching Deepwater next week. Um, yes. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I don't even know really where to, like, start with this movie. It, it's anchored by the two mm. main, you know, lead performances of Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep. But... It's got a pretty yeah. star-studded cast. Uh, Juliette Lewis, as well as one of the sisters, Ewan McGregor, yeah. plays Julia Roberts' estranged husband. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, kind of, I don't know, is it early in Benedict Cumberbatch's it's career? It's pretty early, but I mean, it's not too early. I mean, this is 2013. I mean, he's been around. This is sort of, you know, maybe one of his first major American roles, but I mean, he'd been around for a while. He had yeah. been playing Sherlock up to this point on the BBC. Uh, right, yes. So, uh, he was also, he was an atonement. Um, yeah. Well before this, and then I'm just looking at like other major movies: Taker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, Warhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and he had done the Hobbit movies as well, yeah. and Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay, yeah, so this is not. Voice, this yeah, is not it's not really you. He's the no, voice of Smaug in the Hobbits, and he's, uh, yeah, he was um, not Khan yeah. slash really is Khan in Star Trek. So. Spoilers for Into yeah. Darkness. Um, yeah. So, so what were your uh, what were your thoughts on this movie, Brendan? Uh, yeah. So. This is a hard one for me because I think there's a lot to really, like, appreciate about the performances in this movie. But I think this is the point that, you know, at which I start to get the exhaustion with these type of stories that <laughs> Jeff was writing in the about. Fam- the the, the um, messed up family drama? That, yeah, the the the. the there's only so much messed up family drama a man can take. And some of it was just really exhausting, even though I thought all of the performances were fantastic. I mean, I think Meryl Streep is basically to connect it to who's a part of Virginia Woolf. She's basically doing Elizabeth Taylor from that movie mm. in mm. this, in this, like down to the giant black wig. Mm. Like she's basically playing Elizabeth Taylor in this and there's even a comment on that that isn't there that she's like elizabeth taylor um uh yeah i do think i saw something yeah. like that yeah uh, so she talks about how she's not unlike elizabeth taylor at the beginning of the movie how she doesn't need makeup like a and the only person as beautiful as her that didn't need makeup was elizabeth taylor oh did she actually reference yeah. i didn't even write that down yeah uh, oh, in the movie a, yeah that's a good connection so um, that's 
Yeah, like, I think this movie, what's interesting mm-hmm. about this is it kind of depends on how you watch it. Right. So I watched this movie and I was cracking up. And it's okay. like a dark and like a depressing, especially the end of the movie is very depressing. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into like the twist and everything that happens with that. But just like the way that the movie goes from, especially that dinner scene really kind of sum up, sums up this movie where it's going yeah. like light, funny, and they're making jokes at each other. And then somebody says something and the whole tone just shifts. And yeah. it's and like you're is... getting kind of tonal whiplash. But I mm. was just kind of like, I was laughing along with a lot of this. I was laughing yeah. at a lot of these characters. And, um, and I, was, I, yeah. I did not find, I did not expect that I was going to think it was, it was very funny. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just was like, I, 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 um, I, I kind of really enjoyed this. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think the biggest thing for me was like, like you were saying that tonal whiplash where what that really did was hit home for me on a really deep level with my own family, mm-hmm. because this movie basically plays like any time all of us get together with my mom at, you know, where we have all four siblings and my mom together in the same place. Everything's fantastic for about the first hour. Mm-hmm. And then somebody says the wrong thing at the wrong moment to the wrong sibling and all hell breaks loose. Like right. I, you know, that is like what happens anytime there are more than two Fitzpatrick children together. Mm-hmm. Put a third one, put a third one in and it's a recipe for chaos. And yeah. so this movie really like, was reminding me of that in both funny ways and in like slightly depressing ways, but mostly in the like, oh yeah, this is like, it does, the movie does a really great job of both explaining the specific dynamics of this family, but also keeping it general enough that it's completely relatable. See, I mean, I feel like this family for me, I didn't find this really relatable at all because you have this like, very my family like you know we have we have fights and things but like my family is is nowhere near anything like this um i'm also not a super volatile 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 person so for me like if i am with my family like it it, there's we don't have the kind of like we get in fights or somebody says something pisses Mm -hmm. somebody off uh my brother's a little bit more uh i don't want to even use the word volatile but i can't think of a better term yeah so like like he you know he's a little bit more kind of on the ends of the emotional spectrum whereas i'm a little bit more kind of right in the middle uh and internalizing things so like you know i could see it if if the whole family had that makeup and everybody was volatile and you know this movie does introduce like a you know uh violet is on all kinds of opiates and Mm -hmm. you know we get the scene with the doctor where he's Mm -hmm. prescribed for all kinds of opiates they're also going through a very traumatic time because the father is dead i mean and that's one of the things that was tough for me during this. I didn't like as much as that the movie is so ridiculous at times. You kind of forget that they're going through like the loss of the patriarch of this family, which is a momentous event. And, and you don't even, they kind of just get away from that. Like a lot of yeah, times they're they focused on more small things. They don't take the time to really process it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that might just be the way this family is. Right. But I do think like right now I have the letterbox page up for this movie and the cover photo you know, the top banner photo is a scene around the dinner table yep. and Joya Roberts is laughing and everybody else has these like inquisitive looks. Uh, Benedict yep. Cumberbatch is like looking down at the table. Like it just really well sums up the dynamics of this family. The only thing I would add is that 
you don't see Meryl Streep in this. You're seeing this from yeah. Meryl Streep's perspective, exactly. which is, I guess that's yeah. interesting because she is kind of the, the head of this family. But mm-hmm. then the photo that's the main photo for this movie, the the cover yeah. is them all, is Julia Roberts tackling her mom on the ground, everybody pulling her off. Yeah. And that's kind of the image that I think of with this movie before I had even seen it. And I wish yeah. that wasn't the image used to advertise this movie. I kind of think it shouldn't be either. I think it sort of spoils it. It almost yes. looks too cartoony, in even in the photo. Right. Like it makes that moment look like it's humorous when it's not. Well, I found it humorous, but yes, I mean, it, it does like it does make the movie like, look like it's, it's gonna have this like, uh, like this movie should be called Fighting with My Family. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which wasn't really that funny of a movie either, but yeah, it, it does make it look like it's it's a little bit more of like a slapstick comedy about a family. Right. Which it's not. It's just it's, it's more dark. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, one of the things that I noticed that I thought was really interesting, and I put this down in my notes, is that so we have the three siblings. Um, we have Julia Roberts, Julia Nicholson, and Juliette Lewis. We have three female oh, actors of similar that. names. Yeah, playing sisters. Julia and, I thought that and Julia was really, and Julia. Really, yeah, we have Julia, Juliet, and Julianne, and I thought that was really really interesting um that they chose to do that and i wonder how intentional that was but it was i thought that was really interesting and especially because like their personalities as actors both match the characters they're playing but also match their levels of fame almost you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. like juliette lewis is the wild child you know, she plays these outlandish characters a lot of times. She was sort of the the bad girl of movies between the 90s, From Dusk to Dawn and yeah. yeah. And then you have Julia Nicholson killers as well. Yeah, and Natural Born Killers. And then you have uh, Julia Nicholson who basically plays these like laid back, calm, quiet characters that you normally don't even notice that are there. Like she's playing the wife of. Spoilers for Winning Time, but she's playing the wife of Jack oh, she McKinney. Is. Oh. Yeah, she's playing the wife of Jack McKinney on on Winning Time, and I didn't even realize it was Julia Nicholson until I listened to the uh, Julia Nicholson until I listened to the podcast. And then she was also like a similar plays a similar character on Mare of Easttown, um, opposite Kate Winslet. Yeah, because um, I don't think I'd ever seen her before until I mean I, yeah. I'd seen I Tanya, so I'm yeah. sure I saw her in that, and I saw The Outsider as well, which I know she's in. Um, but it's like she didn't look familiar to me at all. Yeah. Uh, and you know, versus Julia Roberts and and Julianne Moore. Right. Uh, and then you have sorry, Julia, Juliette Lewis, not Julianne Moore. Julianne yeah, Moore I knew last week. Um, and then you have Julia Roberts, who is like the big accomplished one of the three sisters, the one that went off and did her own thing and sort of left the family behind when maybe she shouldn't have and like got all like made her own way in the world outside of the family and that that sort of is like Julia Roberts is like the big star of the three mm-hmm. like outside of this movie as well as right well and the movie right. really centers around it yeah. centers around all of the relationships but it, it really centers around how the role Julia Roberts plays kind of being uh you know as Barbara being yeah. in the middle of all of these siblings and all these different dynamics and especially mm-hmm. the dynamic between uh between Ivy and uh and little Charlie little Charles little Charlie yeah yeah little Charlie um who's played by by Bennett Cumberbatch um you know where she gets in a just a very unique role and I think like now mm-hmm. 
you know, be a good time to talk about that. But the one thing I do want to point out is that as the move, as we get towards the end of this movie, it's like layers of an onion. Like people start peeling off and leaving. Yeah. And until we're down to just Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep left in the movie. Yeah. Um, in that house. Well, besides, um, besides the nurse. The, uh, the nurse, the poor yeah. nurse. Uh, Jana. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, who, you know, does a really, you know, it, it has a very tough job. <laughs> yeah, uh, played, by Misty up, played by Misty yeah. Upham. Um, yeah, having to be the nurse for a pilot. Yeah. So, the names in this, I, I'm struggling. There's so many characters, and I don't feel like I can remember anybody's name from this movie. Yeah. Um, and I, like, the, the dad was named Beverly, uh, played yeah. by Sam Shepard. And, you know, part of it is the star power in this movie, I think, too. Yeah. But I, you know, I always rant about people who say the name of the actors instead of the name right, of the characters right, when right. talking about movies. But it is um, outside of, like, on this one, yeah, yeah, outside of, like, Little, Char- Little Charles, um, who, you know, his character cracked me up as well. Um, like, yeah. just when he gets off the bus and they introduce him. Yeah. Until he didn't. And until it gets so tragic, the story between yeah. him and Ivy, um, that in, and I'm, I really like kind of where that went and how it went unresolved. Yeah. And the, the relationship between Benedict Cumberbatch and his parents is so complicated in this movie. Like, you have his parents and his actual parents as well. Me, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. So you right. have yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. The, the, the off, the, the, con- the connection he has with, Charlie, played by uh, the fantastic Chris Cooper, who I think is really good in this, um, his, is playing his dad, but he's also, like, playing it being his father because he's not actually little Charlie's father. Well, he so doesn't. He thinks he's little Charlie's he, father. He thinks he's little Charlie's father. But, like, the the resentment that Margot Martindale feels about their relationship because she knows the truth that Charlie isn't little Charlie's father Oh wait, no, I had that backwards. Little Charlie, yeah, Charlie is Charles is little Charlie's father. No, he's not. No, yeah, no, I he's had not. Right he's definitely time. not. You're right. He's definitely yes. not. No. So Margot right. Martindale, Margot Martindale sees how close they are, mm-hmm. and uses that resentment to push her son, who actually is her son and not Charlie's son, away. And that's like such a complicated relationship. And I think the movie could have just been about like that. Those three people. And I would have been incredibly happy. Like it, their relationship was so complex and so well done in the movie that I thought because he was... represents a mistake that she made when exactly. she was younger. Because she's so yeah. Uh, little Charlie's father is actually the character Sam Shepard, who you know that adds yeah. a nice layer because Sam Shepard dies at the beginning of the movie. So Little Charlie doesn't even know he's attending his father's funeral. He thinks exactly. he's attending his uncle's funeral. And the fact that he's late and didn't even set his alarm clock to get to the funeral on time, like makes it even more And has no idea. Tragic. And, 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 and by yeah. the end of this movie, still has no idea. Still has no idea, yeah. What? But what, you have to the, imagine that Julia Nichols's character is actually driving off to go tell him. Would you, do you imagine that's? I don't know. And that's what I really like is that okay. we don't know. She is drives off. So, so, you know, what's been going on for them recently is that little mm-hmm. Charlie and Ivy have been in a relationship. Now they're cousins. Uh, and yeah. so it's still like they think know, they're cousins. incest yeah. because it's, yeah, well, they th- yeah, they think they're cousins. It's still incest and it's still you know, morally and scientifically wrong uh, that, you know, they're in a relationship together, but they're not, you know, 100% blood relatives. Right. Well, it turns out they actually are not hundred percent. They're 50% blood relatives because they both right. have the same father, different mothers. Um, Different, and, no, they have the same mother. Oh yeah, different mothers. Yeah, you're, yeah same God, father, different like mothers. It. Now yes. I'm doing. I know it, it. gets. Yeah, yeah. We need like a. We need like when I had when I was doing dark. Podcasts. Yeah, I know, right? And it is actually <laughs> that's interesting to bring up dark. Uh, yeah. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, 
Because <laughs> I, I actually was like, I know there's, yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so they, they're in a relationship. Um, they're about, they're about to tell everybody they're in a relationship and, you know, in this family, apparently like, it's like not, I don't think it's great, but like. It's called an open secret. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody kind of has picked up on it. They can tell there's something going on. Um, and like the reveal, I, I seriously like, paused me and I was like, holy shit. When they reveal that they're actually brother and sister. Yeah. I was like, man, that, and like that, that then, uh, you know, that then Julia Roberts, uh, that what's her name? Barbara gets yeah. like, she gets in the middle and they're like, you have to talk, you have to stop them because they're yeah. actually brother and sister. Like they cannot. And, uh, you know, the birth, birth defects aside because they can't ivy said she had a hysterectomy they can't have kids so but it's more like you can't have a relationship with your brother yeah. um and so the the position that that barbara gets in and then barbara tries to stop them without revealing the truth and then the scene after the reveal where then violet does reveal you know that was in there and the ivy's like i have to tell you something about and violet's like oh i know I know that he's that he's her son, uh, yeah, yeah. or that he's that, that little he's your brother. is yeah. is your brother, right? And that then the what was supposed to be a re- reveal to Violet becomes a reveal to Ivy. Yep, it's just and such it's so... good drama, and that's where I was like, man, this movie like really has like a crazy ass twist in it that I was not expecting. Yeah, I agree, and I mean this this movie has a few of those like super complicated and really cringy awful reveals like i mean the 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 fact that ewan mcgregor is there and turns out he had an affair another affair mm-hmm. from someone who had an affair with a student um, yes that's a connection to previous podcasts yep. Yep. Uh, or to, yeah to previous episodes um had an affair with a student and his daughter is known and then like okay so the so ewan mcgregor and joy roberts have a daughter in this, played by Abigail Breslin yep. from Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine uh, herself. There, there is a super complicated relationship between the three of them because Ewan McGregor and Julia Roberts' characters have been separated for a little while, but they're coming together for this funeral, and the family sort of knows that they're separated, but they're also, like, trying to keep it together very similar to the parents' people. relationship in yeah. Big Sick, actually. Yeah. Where you have sure. the two pa- you have the two parents yeah. and the the child. I mean, the child does know in this, but the rest but they're of the trying family to keep it together. They're separated. Yeah. 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 So they're so. trying to keep it together because of this tragedy. And um, Abigail Breslin basically gets befriended by Juliet Lewis's boyfriend that she brings. I think to, you're using the word befriended a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to expand on it. Um Edgar, and you know instantly when he quote unquote tries to befriend her that oh my God, this guy is a freaking creep. Yeah. Because I have that as like one minute, of the first lines. The minute Dylan notes, McDermott yeah. it's not Dylan McDermott. I knew I was gonna do that. <laughs> Dermot Mulrooney. Sorry, not Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulrooney. Don't put that don't put that evil on Dylan McDermott. Um <laughs> Dermot Mulrooney, the moment he see he sees Abigail Breslin, and we see him see Abigail Breslin. You know this guy is a creep, mm-hmm. and it's he's like asking her how old she is. And yeah. he's offering her drugs. And yeah, and you're like waiting for something to happen, yeah. and it finally does. Like there's so many climaxes in this movie, and like there there's so many like harsh um, falling outs of characters in this movie, and the one for this storyline is. Basically, 
so German Mulroney, I was about to say Dylan McDermott again, um, and Abigail Breslin are outside late at night smoking pot together, and the housekeepers, or the nurse, the nurse, I shouldn't say housekeeper, she's not a housekeeper, she's a nurse. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah, the yeah. nurse slash chef, um, personal assistant, uh, Jonna sees them out the window by the fence, and she sort of is watching them to see what he's going to do. And she sees him start to, like, lean in to Abigail Breslin. And she picks up a shovel, rushes outside, and starts beating the crap out of Dermot Mulroney in, like, a fantastic display. And then she's the one who gets blamed. I mean, I think what's yeah. interesting about that is she's the one who gets blamed because she's the yeah. outsider. She's also the only uh, character of color or person of color right. in this movie. And it's unfortunate. Uh, um, right. Like, and so she's, like, looked at as the help essentially right. and is like beckoned when she's needed and then like sent up to her attic when she's not and she right. was standing up for uh you know for for gene for the, yeah. the little girl gene trying to keep uh, her from getting hurt yeah right and, against you know this this man is trying to take advantage of her trying to get her to take her take her shirt off and things like yeah. that um and they all come out and you know like this is yeah one of the first A huge fight and, between yeah, um between you and mcgregor um julia roberts and then when julia lewis comes down and she's like well obviously it was your daughter's fault right exactly <laughs> and, and it was like aft up like yeah like she won't blame this guy and by the end right. of the movie are they're still together right she doesn't like yeah, she goes back together. with them yeah, yeah they leave together for florida mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Because um, they're going to get married. They're supposed to get married. Yeah. I did think it was a little cartoony that he's like driving around in this uh, this bright red convertible yeah, yeah. listening to Live in La Vida Loca. Like I can buy that <laughs> it he reminded drives me that a lot of, car, uh, but. It reminded me a lot of the Tom Berenger character in uh, The Big Chill. Okay. With yeah. the fancy car and the, mm -hmm. like, can you right. actually jump into that car without opening the door? And yeah, I was waiting I for just, that moment. Yeah. They just needed it. Live in La Vida Loca is like too over the top. There were a um, few they could, needle drops involving that car. It wasn't just La Vida Loca. There were a couple other ones that I recognized, but I don't mm -hmm. remember what they were. Yeah, no, and I liked um, I liked the music in this was, mm -hmm. was pretty good. They had, um, and I'm blanking on the song that opens and closes the movie. They, that yeah, they it's the by uh, Eric Clapton. Um, yeah. Laid Out Sally. Yeah. yeah. Because um, the lyrics, the lyrics are all about, you know, in it about being alone and, yep. um, and, you know, especially with the captions on, I was able to see some of the way the lyrics that, um, that those lyrics tied in with the story. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I always thought those lyrics were way down South. I did too. And that's what I was singing to myself. Like that's yeah. the misheard lyric. Yeah. That's funny. So um, that's what I was singing to myself as I was listening to it. I was like, way down South. Oh, it's not way down South. It's way down mm -hmm. South. Yeah, we also get Benedict Cumberbatch playing the song, which is the the yeah. closing of last week's podcast, the opening of this week's podcast. Um, and I think it's called like Inside Myself, I mm -hmm. believe was the name of the song. Um, just trying to pull it up right now. Uh, Can't Keep It Inside, okay. which, you know, again, for, uh, for a character who has a secret that he knows and then a secret that he doesn't know that are mm -hmm. kept inside of him. Uh, I think that's pretty fitting as well. Um, and then, yeah, and then his mom comes in and yells at him, calls him Liberace. And, you know, he is yeah. he is really treated as the black sheep in this family. Well, she emasculates him at every turn, basically. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like, she calls him, like, an idiot and, you know, like, always all he can do is sit there and watch TV because he's, you know, never going to do anything with his life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's... It, she, hey, nothing she, wrong with watching a lot of TV. I don't they keep, she keeps him down. Like, and mm -hmm. there's a really great scene where Chris Cooper stands up for little charlie and is like you're the reason 
that he never wants to like talk to us mm-hmm. or be around. Like you're yeah. the reason that he overslept because he didn't want to be here to be with you. Right. And it's like it's yeah, it's a really great scene with Chris Cooper where he basically just stands up for little Charlie and runs down Margot Martindale's character. And yeah, I feel like uh, Chris Cooper's character Charles was. I mean, he's like a kind of a steadying force, right? He's, yeah, he's kind of sure. a straight man in this movie. Um, he's really great in the dinner scene when he's talking about, you know, the because Abigail Breslin's character Jean is a vegetarian and she gets upset that everybody wants to eat meat, and she's like, "Well, you know what meat is? Meat is the the consumption of an animal. When you're eating an animal, you're eating the animal's fear." Yes, that was actually because, my intro. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like, so they all they all like get a good laugh about like, wow, how, pass me more fear. How right, much and fear that's, are we that's, eat tonight? that's yeah. what I was talking about earlier when I said how the movie can shift from like yeah. everybody laughing and joking around at somebody uh, to then, you know, somebody says something else like um, 30 seconds later and everybody gets pissed. Right. Um, and I mean, to be fair, what she says actually like. It's not scientifically accurate, I'm sure, but it does kind of make sense that, like, I mean, yeah. an animal is scared right before they die and they are releasing, you know, different chemicals and then you're eating those chemicals. It uh, makes sense as a 14-year-old's reason to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> I get she it. could have, like, a YouTube – you could have a YouTube video. Exactly. And go down, like, a deep, dark rabbit hole and, and learn about that. Um yeah, and I did say straight man, and I, I mean, I do think, like, Charles, like, Chris Cooper is Charles. He was pretty mm-hmm. funny. I think he was one of the characters that made me laugh a lot, especially during that dinner scene. I just don't think, like, he had a lot of story, whereas everybody else had mm-hmm. some sort of big drama that happened around them. He was just he was just kind of the steadying force, yeah. although I guess silently you don't realize you that the drama him is that that's mm-hmm. not actually his son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I... Um, you know, shifting over to Violet, played by Meryl Streep, um, I wasn't sure if I thought her performance was over the top, like worthy of an Oscar nomination or not, mm-hmm. until the last ten minutes of this movie. And you know, she's she puts on this bravado, like she doesn't need anybody, whatever, get out of exactly. here. She puts on the music, and then when she's essentially by herself in the house, realizes she really is. Yeah. She is. She's like completely alone. And you mm-hmm. do start really like I felt very bad for her. And then when I she gets up and yeah. she's crying on on Jonah's lap, uh, and everybody's gone, and it does, you know, it does bring back and, and kind of like what we talked about with about time, where you only have so much time with these members of your family, especially exactly. when you live by each other. Mm-hmm. And so when those things go poorly, and it's like these, you know, I'm sure they'll see each other sometime soon. I don't think this is the first or the last time this right. family's going to have some major falling outs. Correct. But yeah. like. Her, you know, her, her, like, I don't know if it's her eldest daughter, but essentially her eldest daughter just left pissed off at her yeah. driving back to Denver. And I wish the movie would have closed with Meryl Streep crying um, because mm-hmm. I thought that it kind of cut the dramatic tension of this movie to then go to, to Barbara, Julia Roberts, yeah, like on the, on, you know, on the road and then driving, like, just like very like stereotypical or, or uh, you know, like. Yeah generic way of ending where she's driving and the roadside says, you know, Denver 800 miles away. Right, like, right, right. Like every movie has that. I think scene. the movie should have ended. I, I agree the movie should have ended on Meryl Streep and not on Julia Roberts. Um, I think I think the, that that was probably some kind of production choice where they were like, we have to end on some sort of hopeful note. But, it, but even that quote-unquote hopeful note didn't even really seem that hopeful because, like, yeah, she's not turning around to help her dying mother. How is that helpful? How is that hopeful? Like, who is that hopeful for? Mm-hmm. Just her? 
Yeah, just her. And that's is it even hopeful for her? She's going back to her broken marriage, and yeah, that doesn't make me feel better about Julia Roberts's character. Um, when she stopped, I expected her to like turn around, Mm -hmm. like have that moment, and then turn around to go back, and then then the movie would end. But instead, she keep she stops, gets out of the car, has the Michael Clayton by the roadside moment, and then keeps driving. Yeah, towards Denver. Does that ever happen in real life? That you like are driving and you pull off to the side of the road and you like stop and stare like, into the hillside. Stare, yeah, exactly. Stare at the hills and then decide whether you're gonna turn around or like I feel like you I just mean, keep driving and if, if you decide in, you're gonna like turn around, you just turn around. Maybe if I was in Oklahoma, I would just because it's so beautiful. But uh, is I Oklahoma know. beautiful? I think it's pretty flat. Uh, <laughs> I, I did know, like when that... they go into town and you see mm-hmm. like the um I don't know what it's called like the oil thing going up and down. And it's just oh, like yeah. oh like just like oil and fracking culture is just like oil part of Oklahoma. There, yeah. It's just like everywhere. Yeah. So. Uh, why was this movie called August Osage County? I get Osage County is where because they were. Because it's August and it takes place in Osage County. Yeah, but that's why like they the talk about how place... hot it is. It's in, right, it's but, in August. But it's not like this movie takes place over the whole month of August. It's just like that's a true. couple days in yeah. August. True. So, true. Um, can you explain to me the safety deposit stuff uh, and like the you know uh, Sam Shepard Beverly killing himself? Like I don't, I just didn't understand what all happened with that. So he went. And he left a suicide note, and then yes. violently. And he also, with the suicide note, he left the, um, like, whatever code for his safe deposit box with with the note. Mm-hmm. And so the mom, like, kept that secret, basically, mm-hmm. and used that to get his will out of the box, basically. Right. And she wants and so, to keep all of the money, and she tells correct. the family that they can have the uh, right. sideboard, I think is what she called it. Yeah. And, and the with dishes, the which they did yeah. end up. They did end up smashing a whole bunch of those dishes as well. Yeah, it's also um, true. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't eat your fucking fish. I, I that's true. Yeah, I did. I did <laughs> laugh when little Charlie comes in and he like knocks over. I don't know if it was a pie or something and just like breaks. Oh, it's the it. casserole. Like, yeah, the, his yeah, mom, like, yeah, because his mom flips out because he drops her casserole and right. he's like you're an idiot. Yeah, you can't like, do anything. It, right. it was such a great introduction to him. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know if Benedict Cumberbatch is the best actor to play that role because it's just. I don't know. Like, it's just not what I would expect from him. I think I guess... it was good for that point in time for him to play a quieter character. But yeah, you're not buying him in that role now. Right. Well, and like... we have both Benedict Cumberbatch and Ewan McGregor having to do American accents. Right. Well. That's also true. It's also yeah. true. Um, movie ends with a really good Kings of Leon song. Mm-hmm. Um, and Netflix immediately tried to go to the next thing and it pissed me off. Of course. I was so mad. I was like, and then I was like trying to click, you know, like, because then when it comes up, there's like the button to like watch credit. You know, it was like, the the little video that goes into the corner with the credits, which is what you have to select, but instead I hit the back button, yep. which then instead of selecting the showing me the credits, let me listen to that song because I was like a little bit like, you know, it's an emotional movie. I kind of want to sit with the credits and just kind of digest what I just watched. Yep. Uh, instead, it just goes back to the Netflix menu because it was either yeah. that or like it was gonna just move me to like the next movie on Netflix that's similar to this. Um, yeah, Last yeah. Mile Home is the name of that song. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you're spending dinner with one member of somebody around this dinner table. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to have dinner with? Uh, Big Charlie. Big Charles. Big Charles? Chris Cooper? Yeah. If I'm talking character or, if, or am I talking actor? Um, Let's let's say both. Let's do first two character and then yeah, do Character, actor. I would say Big Charles. Okay. Uh, actor, I feel like I would have to say Meryl Streep, although maybe Julia Roberts. Like, it's, it's a toss-up between those two. Um, but... I feel like I would have another chance to maybe meet Julia Roberts, whereas Meryl Streep's older, so uh, I'll go for Meryl Streep. Yep, I what do think I, I would ha- want to have dinner with um, Margot Martindale's character. 
Mm-hmm. I think I would. Maddie I think fat. I would. I think I actually would because she does remind me a lot of my own mother, like mm-hmm. in certain ways, like you know, in 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 some of the sweet ways, like that she was, <laughs> not, not, not the, the mean ways, ways but yeah. you know, just the like the like the like subtle ways. Um, that she like definitely like so obviously cared about everybody else in that room except for her, her own son. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but it was uh, there's I I would I think I would want to have dinner with her and just like try to figure out who she is as a person and why she is the way she is. Yeah, I think it's um, interesting that she only has the one son. Like, yeah. her, on, her only son is little Charles, and the other exactly. family has multiple kids. And, yeah. you know, you would think in this town, like, you don't just have one kid. So exactly. I think there might be, like, a reason, and probably it's her right. resentment at um, at maybe herself and her husband yeah. at little Charlie Could be. Um, that she, they never tried to have another child. Yeah. Um, so. And then, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not passing up dinner with you, I'm a great. Yeah, I figured that I mean, would be able to go. Yeah, I mean, come on. Gotta have dinner with you and McGregor. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and what would you have, catfish? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you and McGregor, some catfish, some collard greens. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Um, all right, well, that's all I have notes-wise on this. Um, um, I have yeah, connections was... and feedback, but... Yeah, yeah, that's about all I had. Let's, let's get into feedback, and I think that'll drive some of our more um, specific, both good things and bad things about... Uh, about this movie i did like yeah. the cowboys and indians and cowboys and native americans yeah. discussion at the beginning of the movie too i thought that was just an interesting way to introduce these characters where you right. have uh violet kind of like stuck in her ways and doesn't want to change the words that she uses yeah it's I mean, very it does... real to how people discuss change to culture like mm-hmm. change to the way people talk about things yeah like if yeah i mean that, that's real. a conversation that could happen you know probably happened yesterday with some family absolutely like, yeah yeah i agree uh yeah, I, I I thought that, you know, the interaction is really good. I also thought you know, Julia Roberts' performance yeah. was a little understated, but there's a lot of times where she's speaking and the veins are popping out of her forehead uh-huh. just because of the stress she's under. And I thought that, I was like, okay, I can see why they would nominate. I uh, think this is probably the, the angriest I've ever seen Julia Roberts in a movie. Mm-hmm. And she has like, gray roots in this. Like, yeah. you, I've never seen her look like that before, just kind of like mm-hmm. the way she's a... Not disheveled, but just not. She's not her traditional like buttoned-up Julia Roberts. Right, right. Yeah, she's she's yeah. so emotional and so angry. And I mean, do you I have do, the the Oscars uh, best actor and best actress list from this year? I did not. Um, okay, let me see. So this is the Ellen year. Um, yeah. This is the year with the selfie and Adele Dazeem. Remember those? Oh yeah, yeah. Adele Dazeem. Yeah, what, what those I, were. The, remember when that was the craziest thing that yeah. ever happened to the Oscars? Uh, yeah. All right. So best actress we had Meryl Streep for August Osage County, Judy mm-hmm. Dench for Philomena, Sandra Bullock for Gravity, Amy Adams for American Hustle, and Kate Blanchett won for Blue Jasmine, which um, I never saw. Um, but I love that, was, Kate that was like one of the last Woody Allen movies. I feel. Like. Oh right. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Mid- Midnight in Paris might have been after that, actually. I mean, but, I mean, Woody Allen is technically still making movies, just they mm-hmm. don't really get released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Best Supporting Actress, we had June Squibb for Nebraska. Yep. Julia Roberts for this movie. Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle. Sally yep. Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. And then Lupita Nyong'o won for 12 Years a Slave. Ah, uh, okay. Right on. Uh, yep. I remember and, Jude Squibb was really good in Nebraska. I remember when uh, Yeah, Nebraska. I really... I've I only Nebraska. seen Nebraska right when it first came out. I, I really... Yeah like nebraska quite a bit um and then there was nothing else that uh no other nominations no other nominations so are you super, surprised it didn't get like a best adapted screenplay uh no not too surprised um yeah. because parts of it did still feel very much like a play like some of our other um movies that have come up but i don't 
it didn't feel like a very strong like i mean it felt like an average adaptation mm-hmm. of a stage play like yeah. not necessarily there wasn't anything I, special about it i do wonder if meryl streep and, and julia roberts got nominated more on name than on i mean right. their performances were fine in this i don't know like i'm probably not the best judge of acting performances <laughs> right. um, but yeah i thought meryl streep was um you know, again, the end of the movie, I thought she she kind of pulled me back in. So if, if all of the voters watch this movie all the way to the end, maybe that's why they voted for her. But mm-hmm. from my understanding, that's not how Academy voters really do their jobs. Right. So, all right, let's get into our feedback. Um, so we start things off with Jeff. Uh, I think Jeff has had it with all of these uh, depressing family dramas that we've had the last five weeks or so, six weeks. Um, so, I mean, we're on a string of of depressing family dramas to be honest we had the notebook yeah. we had Brooklyn. it's like we manifested fucked up family yeah like two months big yeah. sick and then you know the last the last four street kind of desire virginia wolf and the hours yeah um yeah no we've, we've done some bleak movies we're we're trying to do something more fun it's just we can't control where the ladder lands yeah, i know right uh jeff says this is one of those movies where i'm compelled to ask why why would someone write this Actually, why would someone write this twice, Jeff? Because he wrote twice. the play and then wrote the movie. Um, why would someone agree to make this? Mm. Why would people want to watch it? The best part of the movie, in my eyes, let's call it the hero of the movie, was the end credits. Ouch. The movie did nothing but make me feel bad the entire time. I got zero enjoyment out of watching it. Honestly, if I could rate this a negative, I would. I give it a 0.0. So we're going to have to figure out what we're, we do. We'll figure that out later. But I, I totally get it, Jeff. I get where he's coming from. Um I was a little exhausted by it by the end, um, just because we've we've done this for three weeks now, um, with with the family drama and the fighting and the, um, it's a, it is a lot, it is a lot, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and especially when Meryl Streep's character's so close to the um, Elizabeth Taylor character in Who's a Great of Virginia Woolf, it's hard to separate the two. Um, I totally get it, Jeff. Um, yeah, I. I, I did, so I, I was texting with him as I was watching this, and I was like, you mm. didn't think this twist was nuts? Is what I said to him. Because I seriously uh, was like, yeah. I was like, that twist that they were brother and sister, I don't know, I that that like floored me. It was yeah. crazy. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what he sent me, even though he didn't yeah. give me permission. And he said, it's kind of par for the course. Uh, mm. They were the only thing that I was enjoying about the movie, meaning Ivy and little Charlie, their, yeah. their interactions, that the two of them found love and were getting the hell away from the crazy and then it turns out they're siblings and can't be happy. And they had just, to ruin it. And mm-hmm. just another reason to hate this movie. They so. found love in a hopeless place. Right. Um, which, I mean, yes, it's it's a very depressing ending to this movie. I agree. Um, I also, again, like, I, I think that this is like a, a continuous cycle. This is not the first or the last time this family will have crazy-ass drama. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's get to Megan the Librarian. Uh, incredibly over-the-top and nasty, yet also hilarious. Notably in the top-tier awkward dinner party scene, I hope no one in real life has a has a family quite as toxic, but in a movie like, but in a movie I like this. I'm sorry, but in a movie I like this kind of thing. What can I say? Now eat your fucking fish, bitch. Four out of five stars. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I said earlier that this reminded me a lot of my own family. My my family's not quite as toxic, no, nope, but nope, nope. it has gotten close sometimes. Like it, it some of the some of these arguments definitely hit home um with the way that my siblings um talk to each other i mean i have two siblings that don't that haven't been on speaking terms now for a solid two years um so and just basically have said you're not allowed to say each other's names in our presences like that's how that has gotten so i mean i i think i definitely there's a degree to which this uh 
toxicity hit home for me in a way that was very relatable. Um, and not not necessarily that turned me off to the movie, but it was um, a little a little tough, a little tough. Yeah. All right. Um, so Olin says, very slow burner with unlikable characters that didn't engage me early on. Once the trauma and messed up nature entangled, it was easy for me to relish the misery, pain, and suffering of these fictional characters. Also, it was a bit distracting with many big name actors. I just felt my emotions towards the actors stopped me from empathizing with the characters. Personally, I would preferred stronger, uh, preferred strong character actors or a theater cast without the baggage of their fame. Mm-hmm. Rating 2.5 out of 5. A hero of the movie, uh, Joanna uh monteva uh as the detachment carrying overseer of the madness one more thing oh that meryl streep she's such a phony baloney there you go so um 2.5 from all i mean that's what makes her a good actress right she can just pretend to be whoever she wants right yep all right what do we got next uh says on paper i should like this but i didn't really i hate to say it but i've never been a big meryl streep fan so where she plays such an annoying character, there was no way I was ever going to love this movie. But I can appreciate the acting, even Meryl, and especially the writing by Tracy Letts. The film is best when it focuses on three sisters. Do all family dramas include incest? Braining three stars, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, the acting makes it a three. So there we go. What other family dramas? Have, I mean, there's, there's a couple I can think of. Is there is there like any big notable besides... Uh certain HBO uh series? the family stone i think has that might come up mm. later in my connections um okay. there's yeah there's a few um okay. there's one because i was trying to think i was like i feel like there's a movie where or a movie or a tv show where like characters don't realize they're related and then they find yeah. out later like the way they are related it's um, the brothers i think the show is called brothers and sisters Oh, uh, that's not what I was thinking of, um, okay. but that would make sense. Um, so, of course, like, there's some reveals on Game of Thrones that are like yeah, that. Um, there's some reveals uh, on a Netflix series that I mentioned earlier mm. that are like that. Um, there's also a movie from, I think, like, 2005. Um, it's a Korean movie, and that's all I'll say about that. But if you know, you know. So Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. I, what is it? I, if you, Like, there's an acronym for if you know. F-I-Y-K-Y. Uh, I know you don't. K. If you know, you know. Uh, All right, Kyle. Glad to have Kyle back. The play is much better than the movie. The movie is pretty decent, even though it feels like a film adaptation of a play. Best scene in both. Mm -hmm. Eat your fish. Rating 3.5. Definitely got to eat your fish. 3.5 for Kyle. Nice. Glad to have Kyle back. Uh, Jim says, like the Oscars, this movie peaked surprisingly with an overrated actor attacking another actor. (laughs) Here, Julia Roberts going after Meryl Streep. Also, like the Oscars, though there were some... was some tension left after the attack. The move, the movie did not maintain that peak. Three and a half out of five. Hero of the movie, Lay Down Sally, the Eric Clapton song, set the perfect mood whenever it was played on any of those. Way movies. down south. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, lay down Sally. Um, yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, I like I like Jim uh, dating this po- this podcast for us, for anybody who's listening there in the future. Go. This yep. was the week that Will Smith uh, attacked Chris Rock. So. so there you go. And then one best actor. <laughs> uh yes neither of the actresses in the movie did one best actor but there you um go. i mean they both right. have for other films but not this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um all right well uh let's what so do we want to talk about listener average first or do you want to get into our yeah rating? let's get into the listener average so if we include jeff's score mm-hmm. uh it's a 2.75 from the listeners with mm-hmm. jeff zero averaged in if we do not include jeff's score 
it bumps up to a 3.3. So, either way, well, yeah, it would be a 3.5. Right, a 3, yeah. Or a 3. Yeah. So, um, I do think we need to include Jeff. So I, just I think, think we like, do, too. I think in, a, in making it a 0, though, like, you can't do a 0 on Letterboxd, which we've always said. So, I feel like we have to make Jeff, even though he gave it a 0, his 0 rounds up to a half star. So, I don't think that changes it much. This 2.75. It does It makes it, yeah. like, a 2.8. Yeah. So, I, but I think like that's the, and that's like the way we handle. You can send in a zero, but a zero rounds up to a 0.5. Uh, yeah. So that makes this a 2.85. Because you, nice. you can get point, you can get 0.5s. Yeah. yeah. You can get 0.5s. Okay. Yep. 0.5. Um, and it could be a zero on your heart. Um, yep. But for, uh, for the purposes Wait. of record keeping, it's a 0.5. Why don't you talk through your score before, while well, I uh, double check uh, the math? And... Yeah. Like, and this is a tough one to rate. Um, I agree with a lot of the things that that the listeners wrote in. Like, I agree with what Olin said about the actors. Like, especially mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor and Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, Cumberbatch is pretty good in this, but it's just, like, it's... I'm like, these are not only big-name actors, but, like, big-name actors who are putting on accents for what mm-hmm. reason. Like, just right. to... I feel like just to be able to have a poster that says, like, we have all these big stars in this right. movie. They're not um, really given much to you. Yeah. And... Um, I do think like there were things that were unclear, like the whole thing around the suicide and like the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie was not super clear to me. Like I didn't understand with the the order of people arriving, um, but in general it was unique characters. It was a very unique situation and uh, the twist. Like I, I'm giving this movie like a bump because that twist was so jaw dropping. So I think I'm like a probably like somewhere between a three and a three point five. I think I would go with three point five. The music was also good. Um, and the dinner scene was all an all timer. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give absolutely. it a three point five. Um, yeah, I was I was honestly shocked. Um, I did not because I had only seen the cast list. I didn't know anything about this movie going in. And so when Sam Shepard's not there after the first five minutes, I was like so disappointed because I was. I mean, like, I think Sam the, Shepard and and Chris Cooper are the same person. Yeah, I mean, for the first five minutes of the movie, though, I was like, wow, it's so great to have our favorite ladder dad, Sam Shepard. Back in a movie, Ladder and Daddy. then he's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, we gave him all that praise for the Notebook because he was really good at it. True. Um, and yeah, so it was nice to have him here. And I wish, you know, I kind of wish he and Chris Cooper had switched roles, um, just so I could have had more of him. But um, overall, yeah, I think I'm right around where you and the listeners are. Um, the listeners averaged out to a 2.83. You're at a 3.5. Um. I think the dinner scene, you're correct, is the best thing in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I would rewatch that scene right now. Um, but I think that there's a lot of surrounding issues in this movie that it only really treats at a surface level because it's trying to cram so much plot into it mm-hmm. yeah. in two hours mm-hmm. that fair. it doesn't really allow actual reconciliation on any of them. It only focuses on the dramatic fallout. Mm-hmm. And you know, the dramatic moments. So I think I'm going to end up on a three. Um, I think it's better than average, but I don't think it's, like, close to some of the movies that I've given a 3.5, 4, 4.5, et cetera, um, earlier this year. So I think it's a three for me. Yeah. I yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Um, I don't know. Like, this was just better than I was expecting. I didn't have very high expectations yeah. of it. Um, but I do think, like, it's it's a little bit, in general, like, probably could be improved. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the director, John Wells, has the only other movies he's done, he's done, like, the, uh, 
Burt and then two movies called Made, well Made yeah. and The Company Men. So like it's not like this is like a great director. And you know maybe if this is the hands of somebody who wasn't just like here I'm gonna just like let you act a stage performance on TV. On I was curious if he maybe he directed a stage version of this. Oh maybe. And that's why know. he was hired to do it. I don't know. I yeah. couldn't find that. Um, yeah. but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. um, I wouldn't want to look at what else I've given a 3.5 because I probably would yeah. say like I would want to bump this down if I looked at those ratings, but right. I tried it, it. We've done 117 leads. There's no way I can, Fair enough. I can do that. Yeah, now. so it's a right. 3.11. It's a three for the purposes of what I bought. So yeah, I think go. it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, fair. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Connections wise. Um, so this movie's come up a couple times. It came up uh, yep. twice last year. The two movies that will be my movie map. Uh, spoiler alert. My best friend's wedding on the Pelican Brief. This came up. Yep. Um, and then I got, of course, came up after the hours too. I actually had thought this came up even more, um, but apparently not. Just those four times. Uh, so connections to last week's movie. I think we kind of covered everything. Was there anything else to last um, week's? Let's see. To last week, did yeah, I? Yeah, to the hours. The I, I, hours, didn't, I like, didn't necessarily have anything written down. Um, uh, I mean, Meryl your... is giving an awkward dinner party. Um, she's prepared, you know, preparing everything for dinner, and it's just, you know, it's. She's like the opposite end of her character in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. She does end up crying in the kitchen in both movies. Um, and True. throughout yeah, the apartment. Lots of food. Um, yeah, there's like lots of food in both movies. Yeah, um, yeah I, I also wrote down just like running away from your family troubles, yep. um, which Definitely. happens in this movie a bunch of times. Yep. Um, and then big family reveals as well. Yep. Um, big family secrets. Yeah. Um, and like a and like a big reveal midway through the movie involving one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have a suicide um, yeah. in oh, both yeah. between Ed Harris and uh, Sam Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, what about other connections to other movies from this year? So we've talked a lot about the connections to Who's Afraid Virginia Woolf yeah. already. Street I mean, Desire, Sam Shepard's character like, even looks like Richard Burton's character with the glasses and the gray hair and everything. Like, eh, he's yeah, very professorial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, like all of like Streetcar Named Desire, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, both yep. plays, um, and or feel, felt like plays. I don't remember if they yep. both have stage versions. Uh, Brooklyn, we had a character coming home after being away because of a death of the family. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, and then uh, as well as across the universe, we had a uh, death of the family in that. Mm-hmm. With um, about time, we had a death yep. in the family. Yeah, um, bringing everyone together. Um, what else? Uh, Quiet Man, we had a, someone running away from their. Their secrets. Yep. Um, Julia but, Roberts yeah. was in Michael Collins. That's also um, true. Yep. Is this four times for Julia Roberts now, or is there even more than I believe that? it so is even, four, yeah. So not quite the five-timers club, but Correct. we've had Julia Roberts in um, in Michael Collins, in My Best mm-hmm. Friend's Wedding, and in uh, Pelican Brief. Yep. I thought there was uh, one Is anyone more. singing at a piano in any of the other movies? Uh, does it, Probably. Does it, doesn't Ryan Gosling play the piano in The Notebook? Hmm. Like then it comes back. Oh, he does. Yes. Yeah. No, he does play. He, he does I don't play know if Ryan Gosling plays the piano, but um, in the nursing home they play the piano. There's. A oh piano. yeah, you're He's right. Yeah, they do play the piano. Yeah, there's a yep. prominent piano. Yeah, there yep. we go. Prominent piano. I like that. Prominent piano. Um, um, yeah. Um, and then just like marriage stories, stories about yep. you know marriages, just the the trials and tribulations of a lo- of a lengthy marriage. So. Yep. And then in um, um in in streetcar, there's the whole thing about. Um, you know, gussying yourself up with makeup and jewelry to like hide your, you know, the darker part of yourself, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the same commentary that um, that that Meryl Streep's character makes on not actually needing to wear makeup and why do you wear so much makeup? Which yeah. to which movie was that? Streetcar to this. Yeah. Oh, from Streetcar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I just put like passing down family trauma, which is yeah, kind of a exactly yeah generational trauma, which I guess sure. was like a, a generational trauma we had last year as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a big theme. Uh, all right, what do we got as our title connection? So I put dinner with Meryl because she's huh? preparing for a dinner party in um, in uh, the hours, and then also yeah, yeah, in yeah. this. How about so, my yeah. dinner? How about my, my dinner? dinner? My dinner so, with Meryl. Yeah, so so we we get the the title double. Or maybe double. our dinner. No, well, my dinner with Andre is a movie. Which is why right. I was thinking my dinner that. with Meryl. Yeah, yeah my dinner with Meryl. Um, yeah, that's. I, I was like gonna it. say I was gonna say family trouble with Meryl or something like that. I like my dinner uh, with Meryl. Mar- I mean, really, it could be my dinner with Meryl and Margot, but that gets kind of long. Nah, but I don't want to forget Margot Martinsdale was in both movies as well. Yeah, that's also true. Um, all right, movie maps. So I already kind of talked about it, but uh, you know, Sam Shepard and Julia Roberts in the South Pelican Brief. Yeah, um, also but, true. But I really think that it's my best wedding. Yeah. yeah. Dermot Moroni and uh, not Dylan McDermott and Julia too. Roberts in a in a movie where characters are getting ready to get married. Uh, and there's many secrets that come out. And, yes. Yeah. And like big like I feel like there were like those there was the big uh, yeah. fight between Cameron Diaz and Julia yeah. Roberts in the bathroom where they took the knockdown draw. Exactly. So, but it's played for comedy where it's much more played for drama here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're uh, sort of playing opposites of each other. Yeah. As the only other one that um, I would just mention is the uh, incest in Back to the Future. Mm. The light incest yeah. in Back to the Future. Light incest. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm. Probably could have connected to Parenthood as well, just in terms of like. Yeah. Crazy also true. The drama. generational. Yeah. Three generations sitting around the yep. table. Yep. Yeah. There was. Yeah. There was the big dinner. Scene where the, yeah. Yeah. Where the lights go out. So. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, well, uh, I think that's uh, – is that everything? So Yeah, I think that's uh, everything. We didn't do Heroes of the Movie or One Last Thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, I did have a One Last Thing, too. We um, didn't do Hero of the Movie, so you got to do that first. Yeah, let's get, let's do Hero of the Movie. Um, my hero of the movie is going to be – oh, this is tough. This is really tough. I think it's going to be Chris Cooper. Um, I think it's going to be Chris Cooper's character. I think it's Big Charlie. Um, he just sort of holds – he just sort of holds the family together and – is sort of the the glue that holds the family together through the best scenes of this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be Big Charlie for me. Um, mine's gonna be Tracy Letts, uh, nice. just because like the drama that he like the, what a complicated drama that he wrote. Yeah, it's crazy. So for um, you. Tracy Letts putting in work. Uh, produced by uh, the Weinstein's, but also George Clooney produced this yep. movie as well. Yeah, for his so. best friend Julia Roberts. Oh really? Is that uh, is that a thing? They are very good friends. Yeah. Yeah. They were uh, in oceans. In the oceans as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think oh, yeah. they've Could probably be a been on a lot of other stuff together. Yeah. Could be a connection. Could be. All right. Be. Um, um. Well, I think that's uh, that's everything now. So, or no, I'm gonna one, go last on a, one last thing. One last thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a little mini rant here because um, you know, Margot Martindale goes off on Abigail Breslin's character for wanting to get home to watch the 1935 version of Phantom of the Opera. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. Phantom of the Opera is freaking overrated, and I don't like it as a musical or as a movie. So you know what? She kind of had a point. <laughs> That's, That's it. Funny. That's my one last thing. I like, I like Phantom. I've Phantom seen it in the theater. I like, I like the thing with the chandelier <laughs> that crashes down at the beginning. That's a very, like, uh, breaking the fourth wall. That's I fun. saw a very bad production of Phantom of the Opera when I was in high oh. school, and it scarred me forever. So yeah. I, saw it on, I saw it on Broadway, and I liked it. Um so I am going to, I guess I didn't know what my one last thing was, but I'm going to go off of your one last thing. Okay. And it is totally acceptable to want to be home for something that's going to be on TV when you're at a boring family event. For example, mm. if the Final Four is coming up this weekend and you're like, no, I want to get home so I can watch Duke versus UNC in the Final Four, 
totally acceptable. Sometimes like from a funeral. Yeah. Well, I mean, the funeral was <laughs> over though, right? Like. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I get wanting to like get home to get something on TV. Uh, yeah. Probably not like the old version of Phantom of the Opera. I agree. I'd, I mean, unless you're on, you're probably not trying to get home to watch a movie from 19. I, I should correct but, what I said. It's not Margot Martindale that gets mad at her. It's Julia Roberts. So, yeah, and then you and McGregor intervenes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so yeah, I don't know why I said Margot Martindale, but anyway, yeah, whatever. You just blame Margot Martindale for blame everything. her for everything. I mean, she's so yeah. great. She's yeah. so easy. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to our uh, latter suggestions segment. Yes. We'll pick our movie for next week based on suggestions from listeners, us, your hosts. Uh, and uh, we'll pick a final four because it's just the two of us this week. No guests. Mm-hmm. Um, although we've had a string of guests. Yeah, and we'll see what we're going to pick next. Uh, next week's movie, we'll have to talk about what schedule looks like because I think this week you actually are going on vacation. I am. I am. Uh, you're going mean, to have some family time after watching this movie. Yeah, we're having family time. Let's see if I'll, I'll report back if my sister and I got any fights while I was in Pittsburgh. Probably nice. not. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, start with Jeff. He's going to connect based on Chris Cooper. And I know Jeff is wanting us to get something that's not so depressing, is what he yep. basically has said. Um, mm. We're hoping. We're hoping, but we'll see. Uh, Born Identity, A Beautiful Day yep. in the Neighborhood, and Seabiscuit. Well, he wants Chris something Cooper that's not connection. so depressing. I don't know about Chris Cooper and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've never seen Seabiscuit. Um, I have. I, mean, I know it's about a horse. But... Yes, it is about a horse. All right, uh, Megan Librarian's next, and she's uh, that's right. We don't switch off. You always do the suggestions first, and then I recap them. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot. I, oh my God. I was like, go ahead, read, read, read. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Megan Librarian adaptation. Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper together. Chris mm-hmm. Cooper should be in more things. Um, yeah. Yes, and that would be like we're taking that kind of like uh, what we could have done last week movie because we definitely could have done yeah. adaptation last week. Uh, next one, Dever Wears Prada, more Mean Meryl. I was thinking yeah. about that as a Mean Meryl. Uh, another one I was thinking of, uh, mm-hmm. Steel Magnolias, Julia Roberts and Sam Shepard among the guests, uh, the cast of this comedy drama about a mother and daughters in the South. But beware, this is another sad one. Yep, it really is. And it's another one, of, it's also based on a play, and it's also um, one of Julia Roberts' earlier movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like her second movie, third movie. Is there Steel Magnolias, in the, isn't there a sequel? To Steel Magnolias or something? If there um, is, I don't I thought that there was, or maybe is it Fried Green Tomatoes? I think you're thinking of Fried Green Tomatoes, yeah. What's the sequel of Fried Green Tomatoes? Fried Red fried Tomatoes? Fried Green Tomatoes too. More Fried Green Tomatoes. Uh, I swear, like, there's a... Uh, Steel Magnolias? Of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. Isn't that connected to Steel Magnolias? Or not? Is it? I don't think it is. Oh, all right. Anyway, um... <laughs> what is I'll, look, I'll look that up maybe while you're talking later. All right, uh, Olin... Cimarron, uh, 1931, Best Picture winner, previously referenced. It was nominated in every mm-hmm. eligible category, and it's set in Osage, Oklahoma. Yep. Next one, Kramer versus Kramer, Best Picture winner, Oscar winner, Best Picture Oscar winner with Meryl Streep, selfishly leading her down a path of poor motherhood. Mm-hmm. Selfish, selfishness leading her down a path of poor motherhood. Yep. And this is where I leave you from 2014. Uh, father dies, leaving four young siblings to four siblings to reunite at an old family home with their mother. This is the one with um, this is the one with Jason Bateman and yeah, Adam Bateman. Driver. Um, mm-hmm. I watched this earlier this year. I actually really liked it more than I was expecting mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, could be. It would be a very good connection. Yeah, I always think of this. I always think of these movies kind of connected together. Yeah, they are. They are very similar movies. All right, Stefan. Oh, take one off of my list. I believe yep. this was on my list. Yep, Big Fish. Yep. Uh, that is a. Uh, a Ewan McGregor in a family drama. Yep. Take another one off my list. A Little Miss Sunshine. Abigail Breslin in a family drama. 
And then one that wasn't on my list, Zombieland, Abigail Breslin in a family comedy. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle has another vote for Steel Magnolias. Julia Roberts film with the iconic line, drink your juice, Shelby. Yep. Uh, Mommy Dearest, cult canon class, camp classic mother-daughter film. Yep. Bug, another adaptation of a Let's Play focusing on descent into madness in a seedy motel. I had heard about Bug. I did not know that was a play yeah. originally. And Killer Joe, adaptation of a Let's Play focusing on a trailer park drug dealing drama. So Ooh. Let's has some interesting plays that he's written. Yeah. All right. And finally, Jim, uh, another gritty drama looking at the effects of drugs and addictions. Lily Feeney, uh, Xenox Rush from 1991. Yep. Eric Clapton wrote and uh, played on the score for Rush, as well as contributing several songs, including Tears of Heaven. Yep. Uh, John Shireen also worked on the, in the camera department of both Rush and August Osage County. Yeah, it's a good connection, especially with that Clapton soundtrack. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a, a very strong connection. Nice. Uh, you get to go first. Go for it. All right. Um, so let's see. Some ones were taken off of my list. So Little Miss Sunshine was taken off of my list, um, as was Big Fish. Uh, first one, uh, there was a line, I have the higher ground. And uh, Ewan <laughs> McGregor is in both movies. So yes. I thought maybe Revenge of the Sith. Why not? Uh, why not? Um, next one is, uh, so I hate you took Big Sick off my list. Um, I had Death at a Funeral. Um, there's yep. two versions of this, but I thought, you know, Chris Rock is in the news right now. Why not do the Chris Rock version of Death at a Funeral that came out okay. a couple years ago? Um, just for a, and it's a comedy that takes place at a funeral. Yep. Uh, and uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, nice. A more quirky version of A Fucked Up Family. Um, there's no cast connections between these, but I just thought, like, you know, big, big, wide-ranging family. I think it yep, probably fits. Um and uh, Mamma Mia, also I will put on the list. Um, you know, Messed Up Family, Julia Roberts. We could do the sequel, but, I mean, I feel like we should just do the original. We're going to do the Street. Yeah, I've seen the original. I've seen it on Broadway as well. Um, and based I on have a, not. Based I've on never a, seen it. You, have you seen any version of Mamma Mia? Nope. Nothing? You haven't seen it on stage? Never seen seen it? Ma- I've never Mamma Mia. All right, well, you, okay, cool. Uh, I think that's probably good. That's four. Um yeah, that's fine. I have a couple other ones, but I don't. They're all kind of a little bit depressing, so I'll just save those for well, honorable mentions. Um. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna end your list with a musical, I will start my list with a musical, and that is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Ewan McGregor side of things and suggest two musicals featuring Ewan McGregor. One is the obvious one, Moulin Rouge, and the second one is maybe one of my favorite Ewan McGregor performances. I think this actually came up last year, and that's Down With Love. Oh, yeah. Um, I love cool. Down With Love. Um, I, I know it musical. didn't get... Huh? I didn't know that's a musical. Yeah, it's a musical comedy. Um, I know it's not... I know it didn't get really good reviews, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I like Down With Love. And then also I thought we could... Um, Completely switch gears and go with Juliette Lewis and go from Dust Till Dawn. Watch I thought about that va- as well. Watch your fights of vampires. Um, and then you just on- saw the guy who plays Sex Machine in Dust Till Dawn is in. Um, yeah. He's in Dawn with the Dead. And yeah. as I was watching Dawn, there's actually a lot of people in Dawn with the Dead that were in uh, Quentin Tarantino produced movies or directed movies. So I was like, oh, he must really like this original Dawn with the Dead. And I thought um, Julia Roberts battling. Uh, the healthcare system this time as a legal secretary. Um, and I thought we could go with Aaron Brockovich. On my list. That was one of the ones that I thought might be. Uh, and that's also her Oscar nomination. Yep. She won for Aaron Brockovich, right? Yep. 
So those I are so. my four. I'll end it four since you ended it four. Those are my four. And then uh, also Rands, I had uh, The Big Fish was on my list. The Big Chill I thought about. Uh, mm. Burnt I thought about. August Rush was on my list. Mm. Imitation Game was on my list. The Family Stone was on my list. Uh, Angels and Demons, Doctor Sleep, uh, October Sky. Look at you, big list. Um, I had a, I had a lot of connections. Was October there. Sky because it has a month in the title? Yeah, because it was a month in the title. I, that's the same reason I thought about August Rush. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I had Aaron Brockovich as you just brought up. I also had The Impossible, which is a, a yeah. movie with Ewan McGregor, but it's about, about a family that. going through a tragedy while they're on vacation. It sounded it really, really dark. Supposed to be really good, but yeah, sounded yeah. too dark. Uh, yeah. I had Madhouse. Uh, yeah. They actually even said this Madhouse is my home in yeah. the movie Madhouse, but I think that movie's a little hard to find, so I, that's there why I don't pick it. Um, and then uh, also Power of the Dog, speaking of the Oscars, which if yeah. you haven't seen Power of the Dog, you should watch it. Um, Absolutely. Messed Up Family with with Benedict Cumberbatch. Does Power of the Dog take place in Oklahoma? No, uh, it's Montana. Oh, it's um, Montana. It's like Big Sky, right, right, right. but it was it filmed in New Zealand. So. Ah, gotcha. Okay. All right, well, I will take it from the top, and we have The Board on Entity, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Seabiscuit, Adaptation, The Devil Wears Prada, Steel Magnolias, Cimarron, Kramer vs. Kramer, This Is Where I Leave You, The Big Fish, Little Miss Sunshine. Big Shine, Fish. There's no the. It's zombie like, get rid of the the. I like the it's the. Not, zombie Land, the I like Big Fish. Big fish. Um, yeah, Steel Magnolias again. Fish, Steel Magnolias again. Uh, Mommy Dearest to Bug, Killer Joe, Rush, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Death of Funeral, Royal Tannenbaums, Mamma Mia, Moulin Rouge, Down with Love, From Dust Till Dawn, and Aaron Brockovich. I get to go first, and from your list, I'm going to take Mamma Mia, because actually, what I know about the plot, there's actually more connections. From Mamma Mia? Well, and like, if you, I mean, I was going to be very mad at you if you didn't pick that. I'm not going to yeah, lie. I'm picking Mamma Mia from your list because I think it'll be really fun. Mm. There you go. Nice. Um, all right. Well, I'll pick from your list next. Uh, I'll go with Down with Love because I've yeah. never seen it. Good and uh, I know people like that movie. Or some people, you like that movie. Um, so, yeah, Down with Love. Yeah. Um, from, let's see, from the listener list, um, I also think it would make a lot of sense to do. Adaptation. I think adaptation is really fantastic. I haven't seen it since college, and I remember. I think I would appreciate it a lot more now than I did then. I think I was actually kind of bored by it when I saw it in college. Um, I think I would appreciate it a lot more now. So I'm gonna go adaptation. I'm curious if that Nic- that new Nicholas Cage movie is coming out soon because mm-hmm. like I almost wonder if we could time it. I don't think his. I don't it's think called so. like the unbearable weightness of talent is what it's yeah. called. Um, I don't know yeah. when that's actually. Yeah, unbearable weightness of massive talent or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which seems like basically Nicolas Cage in, um, yeah. being John Malkovich. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, it's him and Pedro Pascal, and it, it yeah. looks it looks insane. Yeah. So yeah. Um. All right. For me, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Big Fish. It was between that and Little Miss Sunshine. I haven't seen either of them since they last came out. Um, Actually, no. Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Because Little Miss Sunshine is like a family uh, comedy drama. Um, Abigail Breslin is in it. I think that's like a little bit better of a connection than Big Big Fish. So Lots um, of family secrets in that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And a car. And an iconic car. car. Iconic car. 
Um, I think little, these are all little really, versus uh, little versus big on my yeah, suggestions. I, I think these are all really good uh, suggestions. I think Mamma Mia, Down with Love, Adaptation of Little Miss Sunshine. Um, you know, two of them uh, Oscar nominated, and actually three of them. Mamma Mia had some Oscar noms, right? Sure or maybe just Golden Globes. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, uh, everything pretty easily streamable too. Down with Love is on it's, HBO Max. Uh, directed by Peyton Reed. That's what I was thinking of. So he's the uh, guy who did Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp. Nice. Yep. Um, Mama Mia is on Peacock Premium, uh, so uh, not as easily streamable. But, yeah. Um, and adaptation is on HBO Max. Fantastic. And a little bit of sunshine is on both Hulu and Amazon Prime. At least is what it says. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that means it's on a premium I, channel though. But I think we should go with what we think will be the most fun for the listeners. Um. Well, our listeners are a spectrum because some That's of them also will, true. some of them will find some like some of them like me found uh, enjoyment in this. Yeah, <laughs> but I do think like adaptation is a little bit heavy. Um, yeah. So I would I would scratch adaptation um, so, for too. now. I also don't yep. think like outside of the cast, it's not like the best connection. So yep. um, it would have been a better. It would have been a great connection. Is he a, the is he a playwright or a novelist? In he's adaptation. a screenwriter. So it's not quite the same. Okay. No. Well, I mean, yeah. so is Tracy Letts, but you know. True. Yeah. So it's, he's a screenwriter and adaptation who's trying to adapt a book right. written by Meryl Streep's character into a movie. Gotcha. Um, and I think adaptation itself is actually based on this book, The Orchid Thief. I think that's a real yeah. book. Like it's like the the movie that collapses it on itself. It's very interesting. Very um, I'm sure most of our most of our listeners have seen it. Um, so I think we're down to Down with Love, Mamma Mia, or Little Miss Sunshine. Um, down and with it, Love, I've never seen Mamma Mia. You've never seen a Little Miss Sunshine. We've both seen. So. Um, I think we should go, we should flip a coin between the two that one of us hasn't seen. So I okay. think we should flip a coin between Mamma Mia and Down with Love. And we're flipping a coin between my pick and your pick. Exactly. So, so I think it's Mamma right. Mia versus Down with Love. I think so both will be a lot of fun. Down with Love is heads, Mamma Mia is tails? Sure. It is, this is confusing. It's tails, but this quarter is like a, there's like a, it's like the New Hampshire Monument oh, on, the, on this quarter. So it looks, it looks like, like a head. head. Yeah. But <laughs> I it's, don't it's actually Tails. Which yeah. one is Tails? Uh, Tails is Mamma Mia. All uh, right. So we're watching Mamma Mia next week. Here we go again. Fantastic. Here we go. Yeah. So Mamma Mia. Not Mamma Mia. Here we go again. I'll if you want to watch the sequel, you can. <laughs> uh, but yes. no, just Mamma Mia, the first one. Um, looks like you may have to pay to rent it, but it says Peacock Premium, so if you have Peacock, um, you can try that. It's, just, it's always confusing when it lists Peacock. Without the premium, it might still be on there with commercials or something. Usually it says free if it's – I don't know. But you can subscribe to Peacock and then you watch WrestleMania this weekend also and true. then also yeah. watch Mamma Mia. Yeah, um, and there's – there's like I said, I think there are some plot connections to this that are yep. – more yep. fun than, Definitely. than in this movie. Um, no, Mamma Mia is very fun, and it's all ABBA songs, too. So, I mean, it depends on yeah. your tolerance for ABBA. But, um, right. yeah. yeah. Hey, well, so, take take a chance. I mean, I, you know what? The uh, the It's not going to be the movie map, but it's basically, Mamma Mia is basically across the universe, but with ABBA instead of the Beatles. All right, uh, right, right. Yeah. So, no, that'll be well, fun, I think though. it's a more streamlined plot than that, but sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, that's uh, that's what we're doing next week, Mamma Mia. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's... Fantastic. So we're just gonna bookend. We're gonna do like all of these depressing family movies, bookended by jukebox musicals. Is yes, that I think that this? sounds like a plan, my friend. Ten movies apart too, because yeah. Across the Universe was episode four. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be episode fourteen. Yeah. Of the season. Uh, so. so yeah, we got it's um, nice symmetry. Really fun cast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah. We should have a good time. Yep. Um, all right. 
Mamma coming next yep. week. Mamma Mia, the movie, coming next week. And, uh, Brendan, what are you going to watch this week? Uh, so, two things that I'm really excited about. Um, so, uh, I have reached the Iron Giant on my personal ladder, which I've never mm-hmm. seen. And then Richard Linklater has a new animated film hitting Netflix this weekend called Apollo Ten and a Half. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to connect the Iron Giant to that and watch both. So I'm really nice. excited for that. Um, cool. You know, that'll, that probably won't happen right away this weekend because um, I'll be at my sister's. But it's what I'm looking forward to this week, at least. And I then also the time at your sister's is less uh, I, intense. As yeah, the hopefully. Time hopefully. Um, and then also Moon Knight premieres on Disney tomorrow morning. And I'm very excited for that. So there we go. I almost was going to say that. Obi-Wan comes out tomorrow. I was I had them confused yeah. as to which comes out. Yeah. And I was like, wow. You had the wrong Star Wars actor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, good point. Yep. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know what's up for me next. Um I'm way behind. I need to watch Fail Safe for yeah. Criterion. So I think that's gotta be my first priority because I'm like okay. three weeks behind on Criterion Challenge now. Yeah. Because I've been spending so much time trying to watch Oscar nominated movies. And basketball. And basketball, yes. Oh uh, yeah. And I'll watch Final Four and WrestleMania yeah, this weekend as well. Uh, as mad as I got about the Oscars being during March Madness, I guess WrestleMania usually is during March Madness, but now it's on Saturday, so it's actually the same night as Final Four games. That's ridiculous. Um, and I only I only really watch the the big stuff when I watch it, which mm. is WrestleMania. I don't even know who's who's in any of the matches this, this year. So, um, and of course we're both going to be watching Mamma Mia because we're watching that next week. Absolutely. Um, send if you do watch it uh, or when you do watch it on Peacock or wherever you choose to send your feedback at ladder movie on Twitter, the movie ladder at gmail.com and uh, get your feedback in, get your next movie suggestions in. So here we go from Mamma Mia and uh, we'll, you know, Merrill March continues. Merrill March continues. Take a chance, take a chance, dance. Job, oh yeah, are we gonna do um letterbox reviews? Beloved character actress Margot Martindale steals the show by verbally rip- ripping Benedict Cumberbatch a new one every time she's on screen. Next review says nice. jo- John Levitt's voice acting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, it stinks, says yeah. Jeff. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Hollywood acting masterclass. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing the piano while singing in a southern accent is something I never thought I would see. And of course, the power of the dog. Yes, of course. Many, many of the reviews say, "Eat your fucking catfish, bitch." Yes, we shall all eat our catfish, bitches. <laughs>